Boyle Street Community Services leaving downtown community center at the end of the month. Uh, now, we've heard that this is not an eviction. Uh, the lease was up, and so uh, they're planning on moving on. Now, we did hear from uh, from Tim Shipton from uh, Oilers Entertainment Group uh, saying that we finalized the purchase and lease agreement with Boyle Street Community Services for their existing facility in 2021. At the time, they asked for a two-year lease, which would end in the fall of 2023. Obviously, that's where we are now. He says to give them sufficient time to fundraise, build, and move into their new facility. Earlier this month, we offered an extension of their lease at the same nominal rate as agreed upon in 2021 to allow more time for Boyle Street to coordinate their relocation. Uh, They say that we remain supportive of Boyle Street Community Services, uh, but OEG has declared plans to develop that area to become uh, a retail shopping district uh, with some commercial properties and, of course, about 2,500 residences. Uh, So let's find out exactly what has gone down and what the plan is for Boyle Street Community Services moving forward. Senior Manager of Communications and Engagement is Boyle, of Boyle Street Community Services, Elliot Tanti, is joining us. Elliot, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. So let's get some clarity on exactly what has, has gone on. So this is not an eviction. Uh, this is something that you kind of saw as an inevitability for the last couple of years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Your listeners may remember that about a year and a half ago, we signed a deal with the Oilers to to sell our building to them mm-hmm. uh, because we have these great plans to move into King Thunderbird Centre. And it started a process of fundraising and going through the construction, uh, the necessities required to do construction. Uh, and the plan was that we would be able to move into our new building at the end of uh, uh, at the end of this year. Uh, but unfortunately, that project has seen uh, numerous delays. And uh, our lease has run out, and so we are going to be leaving our downtown facility effective September 30th. So OEG bought the building for $5 million, and then as I understand it, Elliot, hopefully you can clarify here, they also donated $10 million as well. So I think there's some questions about being able to meet these fundraising goals from the perspective of Boyle Street Community Services. Can you clarify that? Yeah, absolutely. So the total project cost is $28.5 million, uh, in a, a total that would normally be insurmountable for an organization like ours. But our, partner, our partners at OEG and the Emerson Oilers Community Foundation have stepped up in a big way. And uh, on top of the $5 million purchase of our building, donated $10 million to the project, getting us more than half the way there. Uh, since then, in the last 18 months, we've raised another 30% of that total, all from corporate partners, small businesses, regular everyday Edmontonians like you and I who are passionate about this subject. And so we're 80% of the way fundraised. Uh, and frankly, this project would it, it would be nothing but a dream if it wasn't uh, for the support of the Edmonton Oilers on this. So so what happens now then? You, you haven't quite met that $28.5 million fundraising goal, but it sounds like uh, you've raised a substantial amount where does that money go and what's the plan forward? Yeah, so we have a uh, construction schedule in place. We plan to be open and, and working out of that facility in fall of 2024. Uh, that has not changed. Uh, what has changed is obviously where we're going to be delivering services over the next 18 months. So as an organization, we're working diligently right now to ensure that we're able to provide services, desperately needed services, uh, to the people that we serve in the downtown core. Um, and so there's a number of different options that we're looking at at this time, but we do have a number of contingencies in place to 
ensure that service delivery will move forward on October 1st and beyond. It's concerning, obviously, because we all know what winter can be like in this city. So, I mean, you're facing a pretty uphill battle in a really inconvenient time. So what are some of those plans looking like? What, what's the demand that, that you serve at Boyle Street Community Services? Well, I think everyone knows that there's been a significant spike in the needs in our city. Uh, homelessness is on the rise. This is a direct result of uh, COVID-19 and the lack of access to services, but a number of other factors as well, too. And Edmontonians are seeing it everywhere in their city. So, yeah, the demand is quite high. We're quite frankly, in a public health crisis right now. And uh, delays and setbacks are certainly not something that, that we need at this moment. But we're a resilient organization. One of the things that we talk about a lot in our organization is that we take a lot and, and learn a lot from those that we serve. And, and those that we serve are incredibly resilient. And we have a duty to be resilient as an organization, too. So we have a, a contingency plan in place to ensure services continue uh, uh, on October 1st and beyond. Uh, that's working with our sector partners, we we have many partners in in the sector that we can rely on to help provide services as well as private partners as well too and we continue to look for a temporary uh, larger building solution uh, that can support us in this in the meantime between when our building closes at the end of this month and when King Thunderbird will open uh, in 2024. Can you can you provide a little bit or expand on what actually has gone on with this this initial idea to move into the King Thunderbird Center what's been the major issue there? Uh, so we've encountered numerous delays as we've tried to pursue our development permit for King Thunderbird Center, and it's been uh, incredibly frustrating and, and difficult process. Uh, your listeners may have heard that we received a development permit at the end of last year. That development permit was appealed, and uh, and the Subdivision and Appeals Board upheld uh, that appeal. So we were forced to redesign our building and resubmit, and then go through another appeal process. Now, fortunately, we've received that development permit. We have it in hand it runs with the land and we're able to move forward with construction but it's really an unnecessary delay something that could have been dealt with uh, far sooner uh, that is causing significant problems and ultimately hurting those most vulnerable in our community so where then will these residents go the the idea was to move as you just explained to the center that has been delayed a few blocks north but still downtown so where is the idea to have everyone land eventually where in the city yeah, it's an excellent question and a really important one. So we're working diligently with a number of partners right now. That building that uh, that we're leaving at, on the 30th houses nearly 30 programs and services. And that's everything from a place for our staff to put down their backpacks before they go and do outreach in the community, straight to, to uh, really engaged case management work in the building, uh, right through the fact that it's frankly uh, the address and bank accounts for more than 33,000 uh, homeless individuals in our city. So right now we're working with a number of partners to make sure that we're able to continue those services. Uh, This is not the first time in our organization's history that we've had our services interrupted. I mentioned COVID-19, but Mm -hmm. as you know, that building's experienced multiple floods and we've had to make uh, adjustments on the fly to service provision. So this is not something that we're not used to. Uh, We're ready for it. And uh, we have a number of uh, levers that we can pull to ensure that services are still being provided in the downtown core to the people that 
vitally need them. I think there's a lot of concern um, with with residents of the city. We've talked a lot about homelessness, about mental health concerns, about addictions, the way that, you know, so many of these really layered problems are dealt with here in our city. And I think concern about now services having to, um, to shift at the end of this month, that's coming up really soon. Uh, it, it leaves a lot of uncertainty and I think um, nervousness for people about w- just where these vulnerable individuals are going to go, what that's going to mean for our communities. Can you speak to that a bit? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. We are in the middle of a mental health and health crisis in our city. And it's what makes these delays uh, so frustrating for us as an organization. We need to be acting more swiftly, uh, not less swiftly. And, and, and so it's part of the frustration that we feel as an organization. We've had multiple different projects that we've tried to get off the ground in the last 18 months. All of them have met delays related mostly to zoning issues. Um, so, you know, it's something that we continue to to push forward uh, with our, our local representatives here in the city. Um, and I know Edmontonians, it's top of mind for them, too, because they know people are in desperate need right now. We're heading, we're a winter city. We're heading back into that winter, as you mentioned. And we need to make sure that we, that people have the services that they desperately need. I think it's, it's something that has been received by people as as an eviction and you've said and and made very clear that this isn't an eviction and yet it's still being perceived like that's what this is yeah no as part of our real estate deal uh and and the sale of our building we were always aware that the uh, the terms of the lease were up on September 30th. Um, we've assessed the situation as an organization. It no longer remains financially viable for us to remain in that space. Uh, and so we're going to have to look at doing things in a different way for the next 18 months while we get King Thunderbird up and running. So even though OEG has offered an extension of the lease, even at the same rate uh, that, they, that you agreed upon two years ago, uh, it still wouldn't have been workable? No, unfortunately it wouldn't be. Okay. Elliot, thank you so much. Uh, I know I took up a lot of your time today. really appreciate you adding some clarity to this conversation. No, I think it's an important conversation. I'm so thankful that you've had us on. Of course. Take care.